0: hi folks once again this is inside ala Vista once again this is the old professor dick Flax semi-retired I almost retired but not completely retired and um, every month I host uh, an episode of inside ala Vista our effort to give people some awareness and updating about what's going on in the community of Isla Vista and as often uh, we're honored to have Jonathan Abood Joining us uh, right now, Uh, Jonathan is uh, the manager, director of the community service district uh, and also a member of the board of trustees of Santa Barbara City College and many other involvements and entanglements you have. Welcome, Jonathan, back to Inside Isla Vista. Thank you. You're doing okay?
1: Yep, I'm doing good in Isla Vista right now.
0: It's uh, probably, as we speak, which is not when we're on the air, it's a very nice day in Isla Vista and in the the region, and we hope it can stay somewhat like that for as long as possible. But who knows these days? And one uh, of the downsides right now of Isla Vista life is it is a hot spot, isn't it, for the pandemic, for COVID. Am I right on that?
1: It is. It's you know one of the one of the main areas in the county where cases are growing at the highest rate.
0: Why do we think so? Why do we think that's happening?
1: Well, there has there has been a lot of compliance. I mean, a lot of people have complied with the health uh, order and the guidance, but there's a you know pretty significant group who hasn't been complying. And so, and there hasn't been as much resources put into Isla Vista um, to help mitigate the spread of COVID-19. So that's just starting to get online now, you know, up until mid-September, early September, nothing really had been deployed um, in IV to help reduce the spread of COVID-19, but the CSD has been heavily involved in helping the county and the university. Um, get their response going. Um, so what is, what is, what is, so
0: yeah, so what, what do you mean specifically?
1: Yeah, well, there's a lot of different pieces to it. The I guess you can break them down into two, which is the response to violations and then like the ed, uh, proactive education and outreach. Um, the proactive education and outreach for the most part um, you know, is something we can do on the ground, you know, different organizations and groups are doing different campaigns. And that's not that hard to do. But, you know, we're, kind, we were kind of doing it on our own for a few months. Um, in a not disparate, like we were coordinating with like associated students and other groups that were doing promotion, but uh, we didn't have a lot of support from you know, anyone else. Like it was just community groups plus the community services district, which was funded by UCSB to do ours. Um, so we're doing a promotion campaign. Now the county's just starting to develop their messaging and uh, getting their you know focus groups lined up in Isla Vista to put out a message. And you know, that hasn't even happened yet. It's and it's mid-September. So that, you know, different parts of the county were more focused on earlier and so now the focus has been on iv so that's why all these things are starting so the outreach is one and we've been doing good on the outreach um i think you you can always do better but we've i think that the different efforts there's been lots of different groups have done pretty good job the other issue really though is like the response to violations and that was something that um our you know the c s d had been really focused on making sure it happened because it's not something we can do like we're not able legally to respond to health order violations um and so that's something we need the county to enforce
0: what are and, and what are you hoping they will do or are doing
1: well, okay, there's a difference between what we hope and what they can do right now um let's see The it's a complicated answer so i can just walk us through like how it what the status quo kind of is and how it came to be but right now if there's a party going on which is you know gathering of people who don't live with each other which is a you know, violation of the health order um well before before august or before like even you know the end of august i wouldn't be able to really tell you what to do about that if you saw a big party happening Like the police were walking by the parties as they happened. You know, they weren't enforcing anything. Uh I mean, you know, there's concerns about people, the residents don't want them enforcing that specifically, but either way they weren't. Um, And there wasn't really, you know, the county had a form to report violations, but it was only for businesses. Um, It wasn't, you know, you had to go other and like fill in separately information about reporting a party. So the CSD, you know, stepped up and said, no, this needs to be the big focus in Isla of If the county public health department wants to, you know, stop the spread where it's really happening, which is these private gatherings, not at businesses, which are you know, not really that full. Um, you need to really go after, you know, have a system to go to let people report issues and address them. But again, there were five different answers set to us of what happens, and we were, you know, part of our job at the beginning of the month was to talk to everybody and try to centralize all the information and get everybody who had a piece of this, which is like many different departments in the university and the county. We had to get them all together. Um, You know, again, like my personal editorialization is it's disappointing. I had to do that or the CSD had to do that instead of those more responsible, but we did that. So then we got a system going where, um, if you report, we got UCSB to have a form on their website, there's, and we're publishing these ads on social media ads, or we are publishing these forms on social media ads. Cause that's like the main promotion of them too. It's hard to find them otherwise. Um, so there's a form for UCSB, a form for the County. You can report uh, parties with evidence. You know, if you take pictures um, of a gathering happening or anything, any violation, it goes, you know, they, it's separate, but they all get shared at the end of the day with each other, and an appropriate response is determined. Like if the students, if the if the residents are confirmed to be students, then like UCSB will send them a letter saying that this is a warning and a violation of the student code of conduct, and you, know, you could be um, a subject to disciplinary action later. Um, the county's letter uh, I don't think has been fin- finalized yet to go out, but I think they've been sending a uh, lieutenant from the sheriff's office to visit people who've been, you know, reported to just educate them. Um sometimes the deputies on foot patrol on patrol will stop a party we've heard but some of our board members had been out trying to keep an eye on that if that was happening or not. They kind of were saying no, it's not really happening. So we're still trying to make it work, but at least we've got everybody working together to uh have and i know what i'm saying is sounds real confusing and it's probably hard to follow what i'm saying it's hard for me to explain it because it is not clear and that's what a, one of our jobs right now at the cscs to help make it clear and streamline for the community so they can engage properly and help us be the eyes and ears and
0: so why do people persist in having parties you are. You still think there's a lack of full understanding of how the pandemic spreads?
1: I, you know, I can't. They're going to do a focus group to figure that out, to be honest. <laughs> so We'll see what that says. Uh-huh. My personal opinion is they just don't care about other people. They only care about their own uh, what's in front of them right now and their personal, you know desires so i think they just really don't care about other people and feel like you know whatever if i get sick i get it if i get someone else sick whatever because at this point it's been over six months and you know we've done local messaging there's national state messaging regional messaging you know aas very local message they've gotten the message a million different ways Um, at this point it's people who care and people who don't
0: and yet, the evidence keeps growing that the, the persistence of spread of this disease is to a great extent due to such gatherings.
1: Yeah. And so, I mean, like I said, though, it's not the majority of people having the gatherings. I mean, no, I'd say no. most people in Isla Vista do care and are doing a good job. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's my neighborhood, five DP, where most of the parties are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, the northern part of town is, you know, pretty quiet from what we've seen.
0: So what about testing? Is that ramping up?
1: Yes. So I guess I'll just talk about it. Uh, there's going to be a testing site in Isla Vista.
0: That's
1: good. Um, it'll be open you know, many hours a day and it'll be free. So the goal, the county's saying, is to have more testing. So right now it's still at the Galilee community center to get tested which is a little further but you know people can go we're 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 uh, promoting that information online um but you know once there's one in town it'll become way easier to get the word out and get people to do it
0: and is there any t- tracing going on
1: I, I that's a county public health thing i'm sure they're doing
0: it yeah i mean that that could be the key to further controlling you know everything in in Isla Vista so because as i understand it now that it's about a week from now that classes are going to or the quarter begins the academic year begins i would say classes begin online but people are coming back to isla vista uh they're occupying the apartments they have leases for uh you parents are bringing their students here. Uh, and so the um, contagion likelihood is growing, even though the university is not having in-person classes, uh, uh, that is still a great danger, so. Yeah,
1: I one- saw uh, very little compliance in masks by parents visiting this weekend. Really? <laughs> it wasn't good to be out. Uh, lots of people on the sidewalks and not lots of masks.
0: Well, I don't know how, I mean, I'm convinced by the public health argument that masks are the key more than we don't need to wait for vaccine, according to the story we're now getting, if people were to actually, uh, you know, very large proportion, 70, 80% mask wearing would would really reduce the spread. Um, So I, you know, just the fact that we're saying this to whoever's listening may help reinforce that message. Uh, and um, I would say, like smoking uh, in public uh, some way of having you know norm enforcement by people in in their interaction with other people is probably important, but there is the i don 't know if there 's been any any violent reactions to being told to wear a mask in i o v but that 's certainly a story we 're hearing around the country so um i don't want to i don't want to over dramatize the violation but it just is uh it, it's mysterious because you because yes there are parts of the country that politically culturally are resisting this but i don't imagine i of this to be to be um, affected to a large extent by that kind of sort of political attitude maybe maybe there is some of
1: that yeah I, people i i don 't know what the reasons are, so the county one thing I can tell you is that that the county had their ambassador type people out here um, a few weeks ago, and they were handing out masks, and you know the general experience of the ambassadors was they were refused, people didn't want the masks, and they were not masked themselves, not like they had their own already. Um, And so, but they didn't ask why. So they're supposed to start asking why soon.
0: Uh
1: um, And then maybe we'll know why. Um, But they, now it's an an anecdote, but it's by people who are working out in the field doing mass distribution. And they said that they were refused more than they were accepted Hmm. by a lot.
0: Well, uh, speaking of politics the effort to get people to make sure they're registered to vote is uh, ongoing. And certainly IV historically has been a place for that kind of effort. So uh, anything we want to say about that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's going to still be, uh, you know, a lot of things on the Isla to ballot. Uh, there, I think the park district and the CSD will have elections. Actually the CSD's first. Election since formation, uh, two of our positions though uh, didn't get on the ballot because not enough people ran, but one's on the ballot um, and then there's a there's a proposition for uh, local school funding for the Galita school district which Isla Vista elementary is in uh, so there are a good amount of things in the ballot and local you know candidates for people to consider here um, but especially you know it's the You know, there's there's seats that Isla Vista are a smaller part of, but has a big influence in that, you know, they're not just the super local ones, but it's like the Scandinavian School Board, for example, Isla Vista is a part of, it's a big district, but people in Isla Vista are such a big number of registered voters that they can still swing things. However, you know, this population here is going to be 50% uh, of normal, no matter what because there's no students in the dorms uh, Right. fall. So it's going to be just the population in Isla Vista voting. And one thing that's going to make it super easy to vote this year more than any other year is there's going to be four days of voting uh, in Isla Vista. And so it's going to start on Halloween, on October 31st a Saturday, and go through the election day, November 3rd. And it's gonna be at the community center, the Isla Vista Community Center at 976 in Barcadero del Mar. And I don't have the hours on me, but I think you know it's I think it's you know 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. like normal on the Tuesday of election day and the other days of the week, it's regular business hours. I, I wish I had them on me right now, but they're at the office. Um but people will be able to come in and vote and walk in, walk out, vote, um, register same day. So it'll actually be a very easy, you know system for people to be able to vote they it'll you know won't be as easy to you know do the canvassing to register voters but um there'll be at least this in-person site where people can register and vote um over four days close to the election
0: plus everyone's going to be mailed a mail ballot by the state of california so uh that that also makes things theoretically easier Is there a demand for poll workers in Isla Vista? Is that something that... uh, I think
1: there is everywhere, yeah. Like the whole county needs...
0: Do you know, do you have offhand where people were interested? Often poll workers in elections are retired senior citizens. Those people are uh, understandably and correctly reluctant to serve that role now. So there's a need for young people. It doesn't even have to be uh, a voting age, I think you can be a high school student and apply to be a poll watcher a poll worker um, so I assume it's the county clerk's office that is uh, where people can find out information about that
1: yeah, it's on the Santa Barbara county elections website and I you know it's a pay I think they pay you this year yeah, it's
0: definitely paid paid
1: work uh it's not a bad. Not a bad gig, no. and then there's way more hours. I mean, there's not just the one day now. It's four days right. um, of, of need. So, yeah, okay. there's definitely more need for people to sign up for that.
0: Spread the word. People can get paid to do the good work of citizenship. How often does that happen? <clears throat> and uh, this sort of ties into the census, Uh, I don't know if you have any specific urgings you want to do about that, but uh, it's really important for Isla Vista. Why?
1: Um, Because if we don't get the census count right, then we'll, okay. One is they'll say we'll lose funding and a lot of stuff. And that's true. We'll lose a lot of funding and we would just never know what Isla Vista's population actually is because the census is inaccurate. So if we want to know anything about this town to make it better, uh, we need to have good information. And so the census is important to bring in money and to make sure we can make good decisions to benefit the future of the town. So Ivy's doing a little better, but um, still behind the 2010 numbers by like 6%, 5%, um, maybe even more in some areas. So, you know, in the 2010 we were, you know, around sixty-six percent of people filled it out on their own. Uh-huh. And this time it's like fifty-five percent. Uh is the highest precinct or not precinct tract. I get mixed up similar things. uh um, But yeah, so it's we're we're pretty bad. I mean, we've been pouring in all our, you know, a lot of our grant money that we got for it. Into it, we're doing phone banking. Um, we're we're all over the place on media getting the word out, but people are either, you know, there's a lot of people still not here. And so, you know, it's hard for them to know to fill out the census. Um and there's also just, you know, it's it's there's a lot going on in the world, and it might not be at the top of people's minds to fill this out.
0: Well, if you if you here's what I guess is the correct thing to say which is that if you are someone who lives uh, in Isla Vista goes to school and, and or lives in Isla Vista uh, even if you uh, might be at your family home rather than here uh, here in in this region uh, you can you should you should consider making IV your residence for the purpose of the census uh, It would be honest to do that Uh, if you're planning to come back, uh, if you have a lease, if you have some kind of basis of uh, being considered a residence. It's hard for someone who's sort of, you know, moving back and forth between home of origin and and home of current occupancy and moving and so forth to figure out where where should you claim residence but all things being equal voting in IV that makes more of a difference than voting you know in the big city back home uh voting back to where your parents live uh, being resident of isla vista makes a significant difference for the welfare of isla vista much more than uh, just being one of the number back in maybe where you came from uh, does that make sense? What I just said? Um,
1: I mean, we're doing exactly that, but it's the message is not getting through. Cause it's just, there's too much else going on.
0: Yeah. Well, and um, yeah, but it, but it's yeah. People can go to a website and do their, you know, do their census that way. It's actually not a hard thing and not a, takes a second or two to do it.
1: Actually. It, you know, it takes no time. So we've, we've been trying to get it. You know, the information has been delivered multiple times and like, many different, you know, messages and ways to get it through to people. But um, it's, you know, just not not the biggest thing. I mean, voter registration happens usually so well because it's done in person, face-to-face. So we're well, not... Well,
0: gonna... I presume there are census take. There always has been, historically, people go to door-to-door doing the census. So...
1: Yeah, but At some if, someone's not like here, if if a unit is just not in Isla Vista right now and it's right. an empty, then right. no one will answer the door.
0: So um, CSD Community Service District, you're the you're the director. Um, you mentioned already being very involved with the uh, with the pandemic issues and the health issues. Uh, but what else is there? Anything else happening with um, Community Service District? You want to update us with?
1: Yeah, I mean, there are some more things that are still going to be related to the pandemic because it's like changes we're making because of it. But one thing we're looking into is how to have um, virtual events provided to the community. So like throughout the next few months, just so people have something to do that isn't staying at home or going to a party. So we're working on that. Um, We'll have hopefully updates on that later in September but that's one of our ideas right now is to you know we can't have events at our community center but we can try to have events on our virtual community center online Uh is what we're thinking so that's something that's in the it's brewing Um, another thing it's a new service we've released Uh, we're releasing actually really soon it's almost it's almost done we're we're waiting on new COVID uh, health order to be published to you know make it current but we have a compact for roommates to and housemates to sign to help, you know, it, it's like best practices, best behaviors for COVID-19. Uh-huh. And so people can have that, they can edit it, they can, you know, just make their own rules with each other based on ours. But at least they can sign something and have, you know, just a general agreement for their residents of how they're going to behave and go about things. Um, just to reduce conflicts and help people, you know, just negotiate their issues. That, those are two things we're doing. Um, another one is we we did a lot. We're doing a lot with police brutality reform, and um, we have a work group called the Police Brutality and Anti-Racism Work Group that's looking at both issues of anti-racism and police brutality in public safety, and how we can mitigate both. And so one of there's a lot of there's a lot in the fire under that and I could probably spend a whole episode talking about what we're doing there. But some of the newest updates are, you know, we have a contract with UCPD on uh, a police officer that they provide us for Isla Vista to do uh, sexual violence investigations. And so one of our new requirements as a district is that all of our law enforcement contracts have to promote racial equity. Mm-hmm. And so that was a long negotiation. It took us you know, three months, probably, to figure it out. But we have a contract now being considered by our board. But um, tomorrow or the day before this episode comes out, uh, that, does inco- that continues that police officer program, the detective for sexual violence. But now, um, she always had a outreach component to her job, but now her outreach is gonna be focused on racial equity groups. So we our district thought that a lot of the time, a lot of the outreach had been to predominantly white organizations, like the Greek system and some of the sports teams. So our board felt that it was needed to, you know, reach out to different student groups, like the ethnic groups, just, you know, diverse groups that are advocating for racial equity. And, get some of the outreach going to them so that was a you know a long time coming at this point three months but it's one of the changes one of the early changes from our resolution that we passed in june to make our district more committed to racial equity so all our contracts have to promote that from now on and this is the first one affected uh, by it next up we're going to work on our like safety stations our cso stations we have on evening nights so we're gonna figure it out for those next but that's one of the newest updates as we made that happen um our board's commitment to racial equity one of the you know, early sign of our progress but we're doing we're doing things too like analyzing data of arrests and citations over four years um we're doing things like developing new strategies to get higher use of a sobering center in Isla Vista, um, which it hasn't been used very much. Uh, we're gonna implement a community input system. That's something our board already voted to approve. So we're gonna have a regular survey assessing law enforcement performance and feeling of safety in town. So there's a lot going on with our police brutality and anti-racism work group. I can keep talking about it, but those are some of the highlights.
0: That's creative. as Sounds great. And yeah,
1: um, I mean, that's our big issue. I just wanted to say is we have to still work within the law that we're not a city right. and, or a county. We really don't, cannot do most things people want us to do that we want to do. So right. we have to be creative with the law, like you said, to get some of this stuff done.
0: So this has been Inside Isla Vista. Uh, I'm Dick Flax, Emeritus Professor, UCSB Sociology talking with Jonathan Abood, the Director of Community Service District here in Isla Vista. I wanted to mention, because it's, so so to speak, kind of back to school time, even though no one's going back to school um, here at UCSB, uh, my my regular show, Culture of Protest, this Thursday, is going to have a program devoted to music relating to back to school. It's one of my archived shows from several years ago, but it features uh, material, music and documentary material about the Berkeley free speech movement, which happened in late September, early October, started in 1964, decades ago, but it was key, a key historical event in the student history of students in America and other stuff having to do tributes to school teachers and their struggles. And issues around uh, race, all of uh, in education, all continue to be relevant. So you might want to tune in to a program I'm particularly proud to um, have once created and can rebroadcast. So, anyway, this is Inside Isla Vista. Thanks for being a listener here. Thanks to Lisa Osborne for being our producer. And we'll see you again sometime in the next time, maybe maybe for sure in october
1: thank you